This Autoconverse podcast is brought to you by Revolution Parts, the number one way for new car dealers to sell parts online. Revolution Parts offers streamlined tools and solutions for driving profit in the fixed ops department. If you are ready to take advantage of all the revenue channels in your dealership, talk to the parts commerce experts at Revolution Parts. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash rev parts. Revolution Parts makes selling parts and accessories online simple, easy, and profitable for your dealership. No techie knowledge required. And by Fixed Ops Digital. It's no secret people are keeping their vehicles longer. As vehicle sales soften and profit margins continue to tighten, your dealership success will greatly depend on your ability to increase service revenue while focusing on long-term customer retention. At Fixed Ops Digital, we specialize in online marketing for service, parts, collision, and tires. Fixed Ops Digital are also the creators of Dealer Wallet, a digital conversion tool designed for dealerships to service customers with a digital-first experience. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash fixed ops. According to recent reports, crash rates in automobiles have been decreasing over the last several years, and it's no surprise. With radar and sensor technologies, rideshare apps, and backup cameras, which are now required in new vehicles, crash rates are projected to reduce considerably over the next 10 and 20 years. This is a 12% year-over-year decline in collisions over the next five years. From Autoburst Media, this is the Autoconverse Mobility Tech and Connectivity Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ryan Girardi. The average appraisal value per collision in 2018, also cited in the report by Revolution Parts, was over $3,100 with $1,400 made up from parts. This is a huge source of revenue in fixed ops that is now experiencing a crunch. With collision repair declining, so is the need for auto body parts. And to boot, revenue generated from service repair is projected to be significantly cut within the next decade. But the future for fixed ops is bright, according to Revolution Parts co-founder and CEO, Ibrahim Mezba. With mechanical parts becoming more and more sophisticated, a new door is opening for franchise dealerships to secure greater share of the mechanical parts market, a sector of the parts industry that has been traditionally aftermarket dominated. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So we see a big opportunity, um, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the collision side, uh, including independence, uh, like Owen mentioned, right, um, being more aggressive. So I think dealers should continue to squeeze everything they can out of that uh, space uh, and improve service levels, right, on the collision side. But also, I think there's a big opportunity on- online and on the mechanical side. To talk about all this, we welcome Ed Roberts, 
fixed ops director at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, alongside fixed ops digital co-founder and CEO Owen Moon and the aforementioned Ibrahim Mezba, co-founder and CEO of Revolution Parts. This conversation was recorded live as part of our Fixed Ops Marketing for Auto Retail webcast series, which we launched in September of 2019 and we'll be doing about once a month. After the podcast, I'll give you information on how you can participate in the panel discussion series, either as a panelist or an attendee. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the podcast. So what I'd love to do, Ibrahim, is put you on the spotlight here and have you, uh, what, you know, give us, tell us what you can about the, uh, the report that Revolution Parts just released, uh, 2020 Trends that are uh, threatening fixed ops revenue. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Uh, really happy to be here on the panel with all of you. Um, yeah, so we put out a report. Uh, so just, you know, if you don't know Revolution Parts is, we help uh, over 1,200 dealerships in the country sell parts and accessories online across channels. And what we found is, you know, as we talk to a lot of our, our dealers, we found that a lot of dealers are struggling uh, to kind of maintain their threshold on their collision, wholesale collision business, and are looking for other channels so that they can continue, you know, if they're domestic brands, uh, you know, to um, hit those thresholds and, and access that, that, that money on the back end. Um, uh, there's a report by KMG that uh, predicted uh, 50% percent decline uh, by 2030 in, in collisions, right? And, and it's mainly, uh, you know, you can attribute that to cars being smarter um, and more ride shares and less drunk driving. And, you know, I think, you know, and it's going to take the average age of a car is about 12 years. So it's going to take a while for a lot of the collision avoidance systems on these cars to get smarter and be more mainstream, but that trend is happening. So as we look at kind of you know, look five to 10 years out, we think there's going to be downward pressure on the collision business just due to the fact that there's going to be less accidents on the road. So uh, we want to talk to dealers about ways to kind of counter that, like you said. And let me just draw before we switch over to Ed real quick. Uh, you have some specific numbers because this isn't, I mean, it's a new trend relative to the industry, but we're already seeing the decline, correct? Ibrahim, we're already seeing the decline, right? Sorry. Uh, yes. No. So we, I mean, we're hearing this more and more as we talk to to dealers. Um, and there's some, um, you know, I think over the last two quarters, there's been a slight uptick. But when you look at the trends, um, you know, there is a lot of downward pressure. Uh, there is speculation about the uptick being due to kind of uh, distracted driving. There's more people texting and driving now, but um Yes, I mean, there is, you know, collision avoidance systems are becoming more mainstream and, um, you know, I believe you, we are already seeing the decline. Um, love to now, hear Ed, though, and, and, and hear your perspective. Yeah, I was going to ask, Ed, uh, would you agree or disagree? Are you seeing a decline on your side? It comes and goes. I, I agree with you from there. It kind of fluctuates with uh, distracted driving. Um, it's a huge opportunity for dealers to embrace creating relationships with local body shops or, or their own, or focus on their own body shop if they have one. Um, body shops are a relationship business and, and buy parts from whoever is out there. You need them to buy it from you. 
drive business into your fixed ops and you're losing it in, in the body shop. You sell it with parts to your local body shops that they are buying maybe from aftermarket. There's all kinds of resources available through or your manufacturer that can help you with that. And then creating that online presence that dealers has always been on the fixed op side, a little leery of creating. Owen, before I get a little deeper with Ed, do you have any, um, I guess, any reflections on the, on the report, on the, on the data behind the report? Um, yeah, you know, first of all, thanks again, Ryan, for having me here. Um, I think this is a great discussion. I've got some really uh, thoughts on my own as far as uh, kind of the word fixed ops digital takes collision business and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, I think auton autonomous cars is, is a big piece of that. Um, to Abraham's point, you know, less accidents, um, different things like that. Uh, I recently re released an article um, on our website about collision uh, business and collision marketing in general. And I think one of the other things, um, and maybe it can be a part of this discussion, is in the last five years, um, the big four uh, collision centers have doubled the amount of um, actual brick and mortar buildings or you know uh, stores that they have around the nation. So if you look at like Abra, Boyd, uh, Caliber, and Service King, uh, they've gone from 400 total facilities to over 1,750 since 2012. So I mean the, the that's I think that's added pressure, right? So if you take in consideration the fact that um, people are maybe are safer, there's not as much accidents, and then the aftermarket is is turned up the heat a little bit. It's all pressure that's driving the dealerships uh, collision revenue down. And I think um, in some of the bigger markets where there is an Abra, there is a Boyd, and where they're coming into that market, um, I think that that's another added factor when you look at the uh, the collision business. When was that jump that you cited? You said from four hundred to over seventeen hundred. Uh, 400 facilities in 2012, and as of Q1 of 2018, there was 1750. So, I mean, that was over a year ago, a year and a half ago. We're almost two years later at this point. But, uh, and that's in U.S. and Canada. That's not just the U.S. So, you know, that's everything. But, you know, the, the point of it isn't so many how many are out there or whatever, because the number is probably bigger now. It's just that, obviously, if we're dealing with added pressure of independence and these are big independents these aren't your mom and posh you know posh shops these are abra you know big names that people know if they're increasing their foothold on markets um it's another thing that we have to take in consideration as a dealership community so we had a listener chime in while you were sharing that the caliber just bought abra oh nice <laughs> so and cool. you know and we see consolidation in so many ways and and obviously we're seeing that we see it on that on that level as well um, Ibrahim, do me a favor. Uh, last time we were together, we really got into absorption rate, uh, which anyone in the dealer business understands uh, the idea of absorption rate. Could you please, uh, for audience's sake, explain that briefly, but more specifically, explain what you're seeing with absorption rate, because while 100% is achievable and ideal, that's not what, we're, that's not what you see on average. No, I think on average, uh, we see about 57% absorption rates. And yeah, I mean, 100% is the magic number. And yeah, just for some of the audience, I mean, absorption rates, the rate at which profits from part, service, and body cover kind of the total expenses of, of the dealership. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, just to, to Owen's point, I mean, there has been added pressure with independence, right? Uh, in addition to the trends with cars being smarter and autonomous driving and less collisions. So, you know, what I think we should continue, you know, dealerships should continue to maximize their collision business and have better relationships with their, um, you know, bigger wholesale local customers. But I think there's a bigger opportunity too to, be more competitive on the mechanical side and really maximize your online presence, right? So you're reaching all new customer base. So. Now in your report, the case that you build, you say, look, you're going to lose collision repair revenues on the decline, but you can focus on part sales. Uh, I, I'd like you to speak to that, but clarify for us, are you suggesting dealers focus on part sales to consumers or is it more to the collision centers and repair shops and the wholesale side? I, I mean, I think it's all of the above, right? So one other trend that we're, we're seeing when we talk to dealers is there's less consumers walking into the dealership uh, to the parts counter to buy parts, right? And it's because a lot of consumers now expect that, you know, they should be able to go online and self-serve. Um, so if you're if you don't have a, if you don't have an online presence, you're probably losing the opportunity to serve that customer today. Um, so I think dealers should continue to maximize the, on the collision size, but side, but also improve self service levels by adopting the right type of tools, solutions, partnerships, and sell online. Uh, do a better job selling to repair shops on the mechanical side, but also to collision body shops on the collision side. So I, it's a, you know, all of, all of the above strategy, right? And I'm going to take a risk here and I would say at the risk of making you look bad, but you wouldn't because, because you're a thought leader, you're an innovator. That's why you're here. That's why you're presenting at the warranty summit next month. Ibrahim uh, put out there that the average absorption rate across the board is at 50% or 7%. Uh, speak to us about absorption rate on your side is hundred percent attainable. And what are some things you do to help get you there? Absorption rate, 100% uh, absorption rate is 100% obtainable. I guess that's the rhymes there a little bit, but uh, it's obtainable, but it's something you have to work at. And it is, it is easy to say, hey, I'll produce as much as I can out of here, but are you doing it efficiently? And where is your areas of opportunity? There's, there's, you can break down a service department, you can break down parts department, you can break down body shop and all kinds of different areas. Certainly, still missing some opportunity. Even if you're at 100%, there's still some opportunity there. And see where your opportunities of efficiency are. As far as body shops combining and 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 joining forces, that's just from economies of scale. That's 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 where we're heading. If this if we're going to continue to decline, we got to make they're preparing themselves to centralize departments, centralized ordering uh, opportunities with less people, less people, less expense. Okay. And now, Owen, with your, with your dealership clients, is absorption rate something that's part of the strategy? I mean, it's kind of an end result, but is it something that comes up in your conversations that you have to um, uh, have an asserted effort towards with your dealers? You know, not as much. Um, when you're working more on the digital marketing side, it's really more about uh, uh, exposure you know, online visibility, and then, you know, the, the, the amount of traffic that we're able to drive into the website that's very service focused. So in, in my example, or in kind of what I do with my dealers when it comes to the collision side is 
we are talking about getting more of that information online because when people are looking for uh, a place to go get their car fixed or or having you know some questions regarding their the, the 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 collision side of the business if there's zero content on the dealerships websites um obviously google can't find that that content and can't you know start to put that that piece of content in front of the customer that's looking for it so the the relevancy it just isn't there so of course at that point you start to drive more awareness and visibility to the abras and and that type of thing so you know we're just trying to uh kind of bridge the gap a little bit in that we do have uh collision content that's going on the websites that really explains our body shops and sort of the the I guess competitive advantage of why to come to our, our dealerships. Uh, we also have dealerships that might have multiple body shops in the market. And in that case, we will actually build uh, some standalone websites. So it's more about the, um, the, the exposure and the visibility with us than it's about getting inside the trenches, <coughs> excuse me, to the, um, uh, to the absorption rate. Now, with that being said, we do work with our fixed ops directors on a monthly basis uh, about different goals and objectives that they have and i'm assuming that the absorption rate and some of that stuff is a big factor in some of those discussions we just don't we just don't talk in that language as much you know what i mean so your strategy with dealers really is exposure get, getting them uh getting them traction mostly through seo uh, yeah. the the indirect benefits for the dealer obviously are that's going to uh, move the needle through their different revenue channels, parts being one of them. Ibrahim, with you here and in the report, uh, what you what 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 the report highlights, which is a great report by the way. And folks that are tuned in, I'll I'll let you know how you can get access to this uh, in the show notes. But over the last uh, what two to four years, I think we've seen almost twice double, basically a hundred percent growth. And online part sales, is that accurate? Yeah, I think online part sales are growing at about 12% year over year. So we're at about 12 billion today um, in 2019. That's that's the, the estimated total right sales online. Uh, so, you know, uh, e-commerce is growing. Uh, parts is a little bit of a laggard, right? But it's, it's growing. Um, there's about $8 billion in part sales sold on, on Amazon alone right uh, last year so it's it's a big opportunity and kind of like Owen said I mean we work with dealers to increase their exposure and get in front of these eyeballs right whether they're on eBay Amazon Walmart or on the website right um, both for a local customer and a customer that might be shopping online uh, for a part and what what would you say to a dealer who's response to that is well there's so many players in the space and there's not much margin there i don't see the point i hear that a lot uh, what would be your advice to to dealers that are looking at it that way so um yeah and i think a big part of the missed opportunity is the local customer right so the local customer is walking into the dealership less like i mentioned right uh, it's because they want to shop online and find out if the parts in stock before they get in the car and drive to the dealership to pick it up, right? A lot of car enthusiasts out there want to expect that level of service. 
most of the dealership websites today, when you go to parts, you'll see a really long form that really nobody fills out today. So that's not as effective. Um, so I think, I mean, we work with dealers to modernize th that experience and um, some dealers want to really go for it and ship parts across the country and compete outside of the local area. But most of the dealerships that we work with today um, really want to modernize that part experience and offer a better level, level of service to their local customer. Ed, comment on that briefly. Is that when, when you sit down to strategize around your fixed ops, just marketing strategy in general, is that is is that how you look at it? Abram is spot on. Most dealers are very very clumsy uh, there with their parts page on their website. They don't for SEO, so their relevance is non-existent. Um, and because of the low margin, they said it's not worth my time. Well, 100% of nothing is still nothing. 100% of something is still something. And uh, we, we missed the opportunity, most the opportunity to, to chase after what's out there. Because really, if you order the part online at your store, you have a chance of them showing up to your store. They may look at other stuff, they, they may buy some additional stuff while they're there, um, or if you deliver it to them or whatever, um, but you have the opportunity to keep that customer with you rather than having a partnership from Across the country or somewhere else or an aftermarket. Yep. I wrote that down. 100% of nothing is nothing. 100% <laughs> of something is something. Um, taken out of context, it's like, duh, but it's a good point, right? If you, if you don't do anything, you're not going to dabble and you're just not going to have the channel there. Uh, exactly. So it shifts to a fulfillment center rather than a uh, an, an ordering center. So you fulfill that order when the part's ordered online rather than looking it up and, and trying to make the sale. Mike Phillips says that's a great quote. Um, Mike Phillips also says, Owen, are you still really just a call away? You know it, Mike. <laughs> uh, that's good, that's good. Um, Ed, going to you, uh, the Automotive Warranty Management Summit uh, is coming up next month. You're presenting there. Could you enlighten us on what your presentation will be on? So we're going to be talking about uh, how warranty pertains to customer satisfaction and retention. And uh, a lot of times dealers look at warranty as, as just something they have to get through. Um, they hate recalls coming out because it, it clogs up their phone lines. Parts and There's not a lot of margin there, but it's an opportunity to uh, for a customer to test drive your store. And during the normal warranty process if, uh, or no warranty time, um, you got to make it convenient to them. You got to make it fun. You got to make them want to come back so they continue. So there's not an option of going somewhere else once they're out of warranty. So that's our focus is uh, talking about compliance with one-time use components and, uh, and how warranty relates to customer satisfaction. You said compliancy on warranty parts. Is that what you said? Yes. There's a lot of one-time use components now on vehicles. Locked up. There's different components that are not to be reused a second time. Uh, back in Honda Diller if, uh, if they don't follow those things. Okay. And oh, and this just randomly uh, came up. I mean, is the customer experience part of the, the verbiage and the, and the marketing copy, if you will, uh, with, your, uh, with your dealer strategies? Yeah, um, good points um, with, with uh, what Ed is saying about the, the warranty and the, the chance to test drive and that sort of thing. 
I think what, what we have to understand is that we have that opportunity during the warranty to, to really, uh, it's usually free money, right? Free money in, in the way that it's easy for the customer to come to you. So some of the things that we talk about is, can we, um, can we put out more information about what I call late ownership services? Late ownership services is really one of our driving points that when the warranty's up and we now have that chance as a consumer to leave and defect to an, an independent, um, we wanna make sure that as a dealership, we've been promoting some of those late ownership services the whole time. So that is one piece of it is to have more information about those different services that are happening after warranty work. Um, but ultimately, you know, I've been in the retail space on the sales side for years, and there was always the why buy message, right? You know, uh, I think in the old days, we used to call it the USP or the unique selling proposition. Well, just because we're talking service doesn't mean that the dealership doesn't have their own unique selling proposition. We just call it now kind of a why service and amenities um, you know, influence. So what we're doing with the marketing copy is really talking about why should people be coming to the dealership to get service and what kind of experience will they have when they get here as opposed to maybe an independent that's down the street, um, you know, that type of thing. I think inherently customers know that you should use factory parts, you should be using factory fluids and that type of thing. Um, but when there's not information on exactly why that's, that's a, ben a benefit, customers are gonna go to convenience and price. And, and if I can keep them away from, hey, let's try to do the cheap route because we don't know any better, I think that's where uh, dealerships will see a long-term uh, customer retention and, and that increased uh, revenue later on in the ownership cycle. The only thing I might disagree with you on is to assume that customers know. Uh, I, I've seen uh, reports that upwards of 70% of new car owners take their, take their vehicles in for service at uh, independent um, service stations, like the Jiffy yeah. Lubes and whatnot, which would indicate that they don't even know. Well, yeah, so, and, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's not even an argument. If they don't know, it even makes it even more important that we're getting the information out, right? I mean, yeah. so <laughs> if, I, if they do know, they still don't know to the extent, especially when you move past your general services like oil change batteries, tires, things like that. So Yeah, I, I only mention that point. because I, I don't think we should assume that the customer knows what's in warranty uh, and what's not. Um, and yeah, as a dealer, I think the, the, the onus is on the dealer to, to educate, to educate the customer through that. That's exactly right. It's up to us to educate them when, uh, when they come in for any kind of service, whether it's warranty, whether it's recall or whatever. So let's educate them why we're the best one to service with. Ibrahim, I was going to go to you for final thoughts. We had a listener chime in asking a question. Uh, so maybe you can kind of close with us, put a full circle here on the report. Uh, but but is there opportunity for dealerships to grow their non-collision slash mechanical um, mechanical parts business? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So we see a big opportunity. Uh, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the collision side, uh, including independence, uh, like Owen mentioned, right? Um, being more aggressive. So I think dealers should continue to squeeze everything they can out of that uh, space uh, and improve service levels, right, on the collision side. But also, I think there's a big opportunity on online and on the mechanical side. So online, it's a big, you know, it's $12 billion to the end, it's growing. 
on the mechanical side, aftermarket has a big chunk of that that uh, that pie. And what we're seeing in terms of trends too is manufacturers are realizing that, and uh, you're going to start to see a lot more price matching programs and and things that you traditionally see on the collision side. You're going to start to see more of that happen on the mechanical side. Um, and I, you know, I, I I think dealers should adopt an all of the above strategy, modernize the experience, uh, get in front of those eyeballs, whether it's collision, mechanical, or or online. So there you go. That was Ed Roberts, Fixed Ops Director at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida. Also on the panel was Fixed Ops Digital co-founder and CEO Owen Moon, as well as co-founder and CEO of Revolution Parts, Ibrahim Mezba. If you enjoyed the conversation and want to participate in future sessions, either as a panelist or an attendee, head on over to autoconversion.net, look for the webcast menu, and under there, you will see auto retail, where you will find fixed ops marketing for auto retail. Go ahead and register. That'll give you some information on how you can participate. Again, these are streamed live on our YouTube channel. They're recorded and then featured here on the podcast. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what we do, please head on over to the iTunes store or Google Play. Leave us a review and let us know how you're doing. And by doing so, you will automatically be entered into our monthly drawing for a free gift from our all-new Autoconverse merchandise shop. Thanks again. Take care. This is Autoburst Media.